0: Oh, that that to a got it wrong
1: this is a news roundy podcast and you're listening to
2: nl playoffs hello and welcome to nl playoffs my name is gautam i have with me my co-host aniket aniket say namaste hello world Uh, Aniket, how's it going? Uh, We've had, uh, it's been what, at least a couple of weeks since we last uh, spoke with each other. How how has your sports watching experience been?
0: It's been fantastic with everything that's happening in the world of sport. It never disappoints. So it keeps moving. But what I'm super stoked about is our upcoming uh, interview or exclusive with uh, Gautam. Do you want to tell us who it is with? okay
2: so when uh, uh, first of all thanks to producer Lippi, who's producing this podcast for getting us uh, this person to come on to to come on for an interview uh, it was a dream come true uh, we got the wonderful opportunity to talk to bhai Chang putia the one and only footballer that i knew growing up from india partly due to my ignorance but partly also due to how good he was right he was the star when i was uh, growing up obviously in the 90s so it was a dream come true of sorts to talk to him and pick his brain about
0: so many things absolutely and uh when you say that like i've seen posters of him on walls i've seen uh, posters of him in the espn uh the magazines that we used to get never did i Papers. yeah exactly never did i even my wildest dreams think that we'd be sharing a zoom screen so it was fantastic and i'm super excited to talk more about this
2: and the great thing about that was initially he said he had about 20 minutes to spare and then slowly it became 30 and then we eventually got him to about 40 45 minutes so uh, it was just just a great experience uh, talking to him about uh, his career his playing style how he you know how he transitioned from uh, playing in india to moving to Europe and how adjusting to the life there. Uh, he's also sp- spoke about the state of Indian football right now and how uh, they need to uh, have a winning mentality. Uh, or
0: did I miss anything else, Aniket? So he did also talk about the sporting ecosystem in general, right? About how we should uh, focus on building grounds rather than stadiums. and It was a fantastic conversation with someone who's been on the field Uh, and then off the field has been actively involved in nurturing upcoming talent. He's also worked with the, uh, founded the Players Football Association for India, I think. So he's been there, done that. I think a true uh, icon of our times who's been contributing to the nourishment of Indian sport in general. So it was, uh, I think, Having him as a guest was everything uh, we thought about when we started NL playoffs, right? Someone who could talk about the sporting ecosystem overall. So it was a wonderful opportunity for me. Uh, personally, I don't want to talk for you, but uh, I was super, super excited.
2: And not to forget, he also uh, talks about uh, his various political stands that he takes and uh, whether it's important for players today uh, who have a voice to stand up to what they believe or not so it was quite uh, an insightful and enlightening conversation with him It it it, it kind of truly uh, in a pleasant way surprised me how humble he was so it was a great chat uh, uh, we hope that uh, all of the folks who are watching and listening to this uh, conversation also uh, feel the same way but before we get to the interview Aniket, I think we should definitely plug News Laundry so please 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 go to uh, newslaundry.com hit that subscribe button uh there are if you go to the website right now you can find so many things there we have ground reports we have articles we have podcasts i don't know how many podcasts uh, news laundry has but it has a lot uh but so we have a lot of stuff going on on the uh, on on our website so just go there uh subscribe uh it, it's you can subscribe for as cheap as 300 rupees a month so uh go definitely check it out and
0: definitely hit the subscribe button if you haven't already yet so what is a subscription a subscription is a ticket to your participation in democracy so go for it keep democracy thriving subscribe to independent media because if the advertisers pay the advertisers served if the subscribers are paid the subscribers are is is that is that what it is Advertiser? yes
2: yeah you're always confused with those punchlines or bylines i don't know why but that's okay
0: yeah I, I i didn't want to get the main thing wrong <laughs> that's horrible
2: when advertisers are paid advertisers are served when subscribers are paid the, when the public pays the public is served so there you go public i knew something was off when i said subscribers <laughs> so all right but anyway having said that uh guys here's Bai hello and welcome to nl playoffs uh, we have uh the extreme uh honor of having uh uh, one of India's greatest sportsperson, person, Bhai Bhutia. Uh, Bhai Chung, thank you so much. But before you get on, I'll let Aniket introduce you first for maybe a handful of people who might not know you for the Gen Zs, I guess.
0: So I would say, uh, I think you're known to everyone. But just to set the record straight, our guest today is a torchbearer of Indian football at International Arena. He was scouted by the Sports Authority of India at the age 11. His professional career spans playing for the team India, scoring the first goal at age 18 and also captaining the team later in his career. He's played for some of the biggest Indian football clubs out there, like East Bengal and Mohan Bagan. He's also played in Europe for Buri FC, which we will talk about. And then his accolades also include being the winner of the Arjuna Award, the Padma Shri. He's also referred to as a Sikkim Sniper. And his farewell match, for those who are still guessing, for India was against Bayern Munich so Pai Chang Bhutia, it's such an honor and pleasure to have you uh, thank you for taking the time to come to NL playoffs so before we start I just thought I'll give you like a 30 second uh, idea of why NL playoffs exist so we're a bunch of sports enthusiasts and this is a platform to start to talk about the sporting ecosystem in India so a lot of times uh, athletes are interviewed and sporting personalities are interviewed but We thought this is a good platform to talk about folks who have been at the back end, the front end, and as a player. So right now, you seem to be the ideal guest given our mission because you've been in all three fronts as a player. uh, Now you're running your academy and you also coach and uh, basically uh, started the Football Players Association in India. So thank you so much for coming over and you're welcome.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So uh, before we uh, start, I had like a quick uh, question for you. So you've been playing for India and now you've uh, taken on a new challenge. So given the footballing ecosystem and sporting ecosystem in India, uh, one of the questions that always come up is that, uh, you know, uh, we need, for example, in, in the context of football is we need to qualify for the World Cup. And, it, and I'm talking for myself here. My opinion is I think our players and our Indian population uh, is very capable. But from the uh, public's perspective, what do you think must change? Because uh, I believe to make this sporting dream of India come alive, uh, we as public and this, uh, have to step up and take some actions. From your perspective, what would that be?
1: I think to start off with, uh, we as Indians should be more sporting as a nation, and the, every citizen in India should start watching, if not playing, at least watch sports and especially football. Uh, at least start with watching. Uh, it's easy. You keep hearing a lot of people saying this, that about Indian football. Why are you not qualifying? Why we're bad? But start at least watching it, and also slowly encourage your kids and your other, you know nephews and anybody around to start playing football uh, more number of kids we play the more number of talent uh, talent we're going to scout uh, i think right now is uh, you know that's where BVFS, bbfn football school was to make sure that we encourage a lot of kids to come and play football give them good quality training and at the same time if there are talented players there we give them a platform to go on to play for india and big clubs uh, in isl and uh, leagues. So that was our main thing. But to start as an Indian, we need Indians. We need to start being more sporty. Encourage uh, kids to play sports, especially football, and start supporting and watching different sports, and especially start supporting football. Uh,
2: for sure. Uh, I, uh, seven years ago, I think uh, Bai Chang, you had a TED talk of that. I was listening to again. Uh, you where you speak about uh, uh, Messi and how he at the age of 11, how he was picked up from Argentina and he was sent to La Marcia along with his parents because he was still young. Uh, now, seven years after that, now we're in 2022. Uh, do you see uh, infrastructure-wise, support-wise, I know scouting-wise, I'm sure we've improved, but from like a uh, support-wise in terms of encouraging their children from the parents, uh, s- support systems, uh, the academies and so on, is that changing for the better? Uh,
1: definitely, it's much better. Uh, we have more number of kids playing football right now. Uh, we've got a lot of different academies all across India, which is a great sign. Uh, I think infrastructure-wise, uh, it's definitely better, but we need to do much more. And uh, since I'm also with the Government of India Sports Ministry, I'm as an advisor to Sports Authority of India and Mission Olympic. And what I've been always vocal about it is, let's not construct youth stadiums right now. Let, let us just make football grounds. Let's make playing grounds for kids and sports uh, people to access and get to play. And that is, I think, where we need, uh, you know, where kids can just go and play any sports, especially football. Until unless we don't do that, then it becomes very, very difficult. So let's invest, especially on small things like, you know, grounds. Uh, give opportunity and platform for a lot of players to come and play, have coaches, education, train a lot of coaches to train and you know give quality footballers. So I think that's where we need to
0: focus. So uh, just a follow-up question along uh, these threads, right? So another challenge which you again uh, have publicly spoken about is how as a kid, uh, especially during your I think 10th class exam, if I remember correctly, you had to make a choice, right? So you had to pick... Uh, either sport or education and uh, clearly you've made the right choice in uh, hindsight and it can be very uh, stressful and uh, you know it can be a big decision for many people who are interested so how can we make things better and how what advice would you give future athletes who aspire to uh, do this again like you did how can they do it differently and how did you what gave you the confidence to make these steps in your life?
1: See when I was supposed to sit for my ICS exam class 10 standard, which was in three months away, I, I got a call from under 16 India football team, which was also select the selection. Uh, uh, trials for the national team, and I was not even selected, I was just called for trials for the Indian national team under 16 now when you get those kind of calls for under 16 India, I think it's very easy for a footballer who's very passionate to take that call. And I think everybody should take that call. If you are a 16 year old boy and you've got a call for under 16 in India and you're supposed to sit for an exam, ICSE or CBSC, I think if you're passionate and love for the game football, you should choose football and go for it. You know, and that's what I did. And it's not very difficult. It wasn't a very difficult decision for me. Obviously my parents were not too happy, but you know, i i wanted to play for india football was something which i really loved and uh, i chose to do that so but if if you if you are trying to get into school team and school team is supposed to travel and you have ICAC, then don't do that don't don't drop your class 10 and that, i think you if you are talented you have the talent and you are getting isl i league clubs uh, i think that is where you need to decide but after four, 15 16 years uh, you need to know as well where you stand you should not stop playing though but to make a career i think you need to decide at the age of 15 16 uh, what level of football are you playing so then that's where you need to decide
2: yeah i i I totally agree i think you have to be realistic as to what your goals are if you are actually good to be picked up uh, for for india under 16s or for a professional football team by all means but i think you can't sacrifice one for the other if it's You can't be blind about what decisions you make. I totally agree with you there, Bhai Uh, Now, you know, growing up, uh, both me and Aniket were 90s kids. So if there was any Indian footballer we knew, it was only you. There's nobody else we knew about. Just everybody, everywhere. You look in the papers or television, anything like that. First player to go to Europe but train trials with the premier league teams and so on so uh, b- even before that when you uh, you became the uh, youngest to score for india too uh, bhai chang so but even before that you made the transition from uh, a midfielder to a striker right uh, i know you said uh, you, if you had they given you an opportunity to goalkeep you would have probably done uh, that as well uh, because india was calling mm-hmm. uh, So how was that transition for you playing style-wise? Because you started off as a a midfielder. I'm assuming you were an attacking mid. uh, But then uh, the coach asked you to transition towards being a striker. So how how did that change your playing style or how did you adapt to that uh, new position?
1: See, I think I was inspired by Maradona. I'm, I'm sure a lot of my generation players were inspired. And Maradona, 86, was the first time I watched him play. And that influenced so much in my life, is my style of play. And Maradona was a player that could create opportunities for others to score, and in 86 we saw that. Obviously, he scored one of the best goals in the world till today, but apart from that, he used to create. And that's what I really enjoyed playing, creating chances, uh, giving those great passes, dribbling pass defender, and making opportunities. Um, but the, I think I was a natural attacking midfield, if not out-and-out striker. But those days, I think we were not aware of formation. I don't think the world football was also aware that you're talking of 80s. I think uh, Brazil dominated world football was through 4-4-2 formation. And if you look at the history of World Cups, I think a uh, lot of teams that's won maximum number of World Cups, I think would have gone to 4-4-2 formation or 4-2-4 formation. So, you know, we had uh, you know, Rustam Agramov, who had come in as, as as a foreign coach for Indian football team after winning. Asian Games for Uzbekistan, and he saw me play in Santos Trophy. I was just coming in second half, having 30 minutes, 25 minutes of game uh, in the second half, and I came in as, as a midfield. But I was more of an attacking player, and then I scored those that important goal in the final in Santos Trophy against Punjab when Bengal played against Punjab and scored that uh, golden goal, which was those days we had a golden goal rule. Extra time, whichever team scored the goal, and I scored that important goal. And that's where Rustam Agramov called me and said, you know, I want you to play as a striker, not as a midfield. And my journey from midfield then became a striker. So Indian team, I never played midfield for the Indian team. I always started as a striker in Indian national team. But before that, for the clubs, I was playing more as attacking midfield.
2: Did playing striker naturally come to you?
1: I think it did come quite naturally because I always liked going forward. I always wanted to attack, dribble past players, make those runs from behind, play one, two. So that was very, very natural as, as, as a player. But I also enjoyed defending. Uh, I liked tackles. I liked. I really enjoyed doing sliding tackles when I was a kid. You know, we had those muddy grounds everywhere across Sikkim and, uh, you know, when, when we were kids. We obviously did not have any single grass ground So it was all muddy, slushy and that area, you know, playing those paddy fields. And during monsoon time, to slide is the best kind of experience you'll uh, you'll get that as a kid, as a footballer. So that sliding, sliding tackles, scoring goals, you know, in that mud, slippery grounds, sliding around was something which was fun. And uh, that's how I think I enjoyed doing a lot of uh, defending as well. And uh, you you can see that in my game uh, quite
0: a, uh, quite quite a bit. So uh, I had uh, so w- one interesting question that uh, always I wondered about. So you went about captaining the Indian uh, football team, which uh, I think is one of the biggest responsibilities you can take given the size of the population we are. and uh, the and we are I, I believe I strongly believe we are also passionate fans. Uh, So, uh, given that, uh, what is your take on uh, transitioning from a player to a captain? Because there is a lot of uh, leadership uh, involved and I used to believe that leaders are natural, but I'm slowly, as time goes, I'm getting to learn that you can also learn leadership. So, what would you uh, call your leadership philosophy and how was your experience if you could uh, tell us a little bit about captaining the Indian side?
1: See, I think when you captain and when you become leader of a team, I think that trust uh, trust and respect is something you need to have as a player and I was quite fortunate because I captained India in 1999 when I was playing in England. When the team came to England for a tour, I think from then on I captained my first match as a captain in England. So when I was playing that, the respect from the Indian football the players in India were playing in different leagues. I was the only one playing abroad, so that respect was there uh, as a player. and. Uh, Obviously the trust as well, because I was the only player playing abroad, so that trust and respect was quite a lot from a lot of footballers. Obviously a lot of them were all my colleagues, my friends, but there were a few junior players, uh, some were seniors as well. So that trust and respect uh, was something which, because of me playing abroad, I got that. And when you get that, I think it's important that you need to uh, make sure that you utilize that trust and respect. Uh, in a in a way that you give them back the respect as well at the same time you also make sure that what you're speaking what you're telling them uh, you make sense about what you're speaking what you're telling them Uh, so that when people when players speak to you in terms of anything uh, in terms of a football a match uh, when you're talking to them I think you need to make sense what you're speaking you need to know what you're speaking and that's where players tend to learn from you and they feel that, wow, that's something I've learned. So that is where I think you need to uh, get the respect and trust, which uh, I think was the most important thing uh, for any any leaders today. If, if you want to be a good leader in sports or corporates or anywhere or politically, if uh, you need to first thing is get that trust and respect. And that is going to come only by things you do and by things what you speak and things by, you know, you know by... People seeing you, watching you on and off the field. So, And uh, and you need to be with them. So, that is where I think I was a bit lucky that way to start, uh, you know, captaining India.
0: Yeah, because uh, that reminds me of an anecdote. I think uh, Sunil Chhetri uh, was on record uh, saying that when he was a young uh, upcoming player, he used to come to you and say, I want to take a penalty. And he mentioned that uh, you would always uh, show uh, trust and faith in him and, uh, you know, let him step up and take... Which I must tell you is uh, taking a penalty in those uh, any of these uh, situations can just be crazy. So, yeah, it just talks a lot about you as a leader. And how did you, did you, uh, you know, catch this from your seniors? Or was it something you learned by from your experience abroad? Uh, could you uh, tell us a few things about that? Well,
1: I think... I think it was more natural, also because I've been a boarding school boy from day one. So you spend, you know, all your time with friends, uh, and that's how you tend to know. And Sunil, when he came in, you know, he was a young boy, and uh, sometimes a lot of young players uh, have different kind of thinking when they see senior star players. Some some people get nervous, some people feel excited. So, for a senior player, it was important to make them comfortable, and you know, whenever they played or trained with you, it's important that you encourage because you could really destroy or make their career. Uh, if, if they do something stupid or they miss a chance, uh, you know you could just be so negative and destroyed. But it was important for me to encourage just not Sunil, but a lot of other young players, Asim Biswas, the other few players who were there along with him, to encourage and motivate that whatever mistakes have been made, it's part of the learning process and it'll come, it'll happen. If you miss a chance, you know don't feel sad about it because that's where you're going to get another chance so that you know you don't make that mistake so it's important to motivate keep them positive and also share good bonding relationships so that any difficulties they have off the ground you know they can come and speak because uh, uh, india is a different uh, you know it's, it's a nation it's a huge nation different culture different uh, lifestyle uh, and people have different issues of their own and they need uh, and especially when I was young, you know, it, it was challenging because you didn't have that kind of senior players were really, really good, but they didn't have that knowledge and exposure themselves. So when I, when I was a senior, I think it was easy to deal with them. And uh, Sunil, obviously, I used to take him quite a lot, him, not just him, but a few other junior players to where I stayed uh, with, uh, you know, senior players like Renedi, D, Susamathai, I took a lot of the young players to where we stayed. We played a lot of indoor games together uh we played indoor cricket we played uh foot uh, you know football volleyball foot, futsal volleyball uh, you know different things that bonded uh, everybody and uh, made them feel comfortable and uh, made them feel uh, I think they could adjust to just not football, but also the culture environment in Canada.
2: You know, uh, you, interestingly, you, uh, thankfully you mentioned cricket first and not uh, me. I made a point not to talk about cricket at all, Bai Chang. Uh, when you uh, set up your uh, Bai Chang schools and academies, uh, you partnered closely with uh, Carlos Queiroz. Now, most of the people probably don't know who Carlos Queros is, but I know because I was a Manchester United fan growing up. So, he was always this guy who was at the back of uh, Alex Ferguson, just in the background, being an assistant coach and then went on to uh, coach, obviously for big clubs, and he's now an international coach. So, how important was it uh, for you to have him on uh, have him as a partner when you were setting up the schools initially, uh, in in terms of planning, in terms of getting a proper uh, sporting curriculum in place?
1: No, so uh, we we used to have long camps in Portugal, uh, you know, in 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 Lisbon. So. We were preparing for the Asia Cup, and we, every summer I think the Indian national team went twice—a month, month-long, uh, you know, camp. And also, I was through. I was, uh, I was, I was in my, uh, you know, towards the declining, not decline, towards the end of my career. And I knew that I'm going to play Asia Cup, which is going to be my last tournament in 2010. And I knew that, so I was planning to do something for the game, sports, uh, to give it back. And the football center schools were something which I thought. And I did get support and help from, uh, you know, people like Nuno, who was the organizer for Indian national team in, in, in Portugal. And Carlos Torres obviously was a great name, wonderful coach, experience working with Alex Ferguson, Man United, went on to Real Madrid. Uh, and he had football schools in uh, Portugal. And uh, we I requested uh, the local authorities to take me and uh, show me around uh, around uh, how football has been worked what does what does the football school do and that's how we got in touch with Carlos Kures and his team and then we did a joint partnership to start uh, bbfs by Jimputia football schools with uh, Carlos Correz in India
0: so this is uh, super interesting so since you are also in uh, the coaching domain so one of the things we do notice is that uh, in indian sport in general there is a extremely high drop off so a lot of people actually start playing but it has been found that over uh, time uh, people start dropping off and it's due to various facets uh, a facilities uh, that we provide for athletes and stuff like that so in your mind since you're uh, coaching what is the one thing uh, that's important? For example, like the education system has this midday meals where they try to get as many uh, students to come learn by providing meals. What what can we what can we do in sport or in your head? What do you try to do uh, so that you can get as many people to participate uh, in you know sport in general?
1: So now that's where Bichingbuthia football schools we have also changed into now into residential academy. And a lot of times we saw that uh, kids wanted to play, but parents want them to study. So we came out with a formula of residential football academy with uh, academics uh, and uh, where kids can come and become professional footballers and uh, parents don't mind that, you know, during the daytime, uh, they go into a proper school for education as well. So this is a concept and model which we started. Uh, and uh, I think uh, right now, a lot of kids and parents are happy that, uh, you know, parents at least they know that the kids are not missing their classes and doing their academics and kids are completely focused morning, evening uh, to play football and also at the same time uh, get uh, get high quality training. So this is what we've started uh, with the residential academy and uh, hopefully I think this is a model which uh, we'd want to carry it, up, uh, you know, beyond. Uh, Uh, school into college as well so that even college students want to make still a career in football which they can also have a residential football college uh, academy. Uh,
2: uh, Fitness is becoming uh, one of the primary uh, focuses now in modern football. Uh, I was just uh, wondering if you if I was just talking to Aniket the other day we are looking at the modern game right now where uh, players are extremely fit, especially the wing backs. You know, they just go forward and all the time, always running back and forth, back and forth. Fitness is becoming such a such a priority these days. Uh, is it? That, does it have to do with uh, the new style of uh, European football? Let's say Jurgen Klopp does uh, gegen pressing, which is this uh, heavy possession after uh, when you lose possession. Uh, we have tiki taka, obviously, which is. Uh, centered around people running in triangles and so on so how important is uh, fitness these days and how are how is how in india are people dealing with it sporting wise
1: see i think fitness is one of the most important factor in football uh, it is not everything but it is definitely one of the most important factor in in football and the fitter you are the better the team you become obviously apart from other things as well so yes with modern football i think now uh, you see players i think doing 13 to 15 K after 90 minutes or even more as well. Some of the players do even more. So I think uh, it's it's a key, key factor. Apart from fitness, it's also speed. I think these days, you know, the speed is become one of the major factors for all the great teams. If they have speed, I think the team tends to become very, very strong with speed in the sense the speed of players, individual players. So that is also looked into it. But uh, yeah, I think with modern day football, you see 11 players, defending 11 players going up front, you sometimes see, you know, um, a striker coming way deep into your own half and defending there. You have side backs going, making those crosses, even scoring goals as well. So, yes, fitness is has is, is become very, very important. So,
0: uh, you know, on a tangential note, so you're also uh, in, I can't let you not, I can not ask this question because uh, you're also in politics, right? And in politics, sports is rarely spoken about. And I think I understand why, because India as a country has many other problems. It's difficult to think about. And I think you mentioned this best when you're saying you want to, in today's world, you're building toilets. It becomes very difficult to think about building stadiums or other infrastructure because we are still fighting for basic necessities. But uh, what can we expect uh, from politicians? When can we expect, you know, sport being uh, spoken about seriously? Because there is scope. In terms of employment, you know, you can generate huge amount of employment just because of the infrastructure. It's not the players, but as you know, there's a whole team and there's a back-end involved. So, uh, how do we start this uh, conversation politically? Because I think that's an important direction. If we, uh, in my head at least, if India has to become a sporting nation as we dream it to be.
1: No, I think uh, in India, politicians are also looked looked up to it, and uh, people obviously listen to lot of politicians from their own. Uh, village level to state level to uh, you know the national uh, uh, country level. I think there's politicians if they can't do anything as well, just speak about it, encourage uh, you know people, kids to play sports. Uh, and when they speak, I think people listen to them because they obviously rely uh, we still rely a lot on politicians for anything from welfare schemes to getting your jobs down to do a lot of things. So I think politicians are very, very important part in India because what they speak is people tend to listen. So at least, if not anything else, just speak about sports. Encourage kids to go and play sports, and if they have little fun, organize a lot of tournaments, events. Uh, you know, for for uh, you know different age group, different kids to play different sport tournaments. I think that is the way you start. And obviously, apart from that, you go, you can have right policies for sports, uh, from your education to you know schooling to. Uh, your uh, village level, your con- constituency level, you can, if not build stadiums, you uh, or build g- uh, many grounds. You can also start a lot of competitions, which does not need lot of uh, funds. But make sure that uh, you know there is there is plenty of uh, sports teachers, PT teachers, uh, just not going to school and teaching, but also organizing matches every week for kids to play different matches: badminton, cricket, um, uh, football. So that every week some kids are engaged through sports activities through that. And it's not a huge cost to have that.
2: Uh, Just speaking about sports and politics, uh, you in 2008 famously declined to participate in the torch relay, uh, supporting the Tibetan movement. Now you spoke about that time. Now these days you don't often see athletes speaking up about causes that they truly believe in. They just tend to be silent for whatever reason. It's their thing. But do you think more athletes should speak up or do you think it's just a product of uh, circumstances that they do not speak up or uh, do you see the declining or do you think there is just a bit of a lack of awareness among the sports uh, athletes today i'm talking about big stars
1: no i think it's completely individual choice to speak out or not to speak out it depends on the issue which is closer to them obviously tibetan movement the uh, china uh, the olympic Tours was very close to my heart because i follow His holiness the dalai Lama very closely and we have a lot of uh, Tibetans uh, settlements to refugees and even, you know, a lot of, even my own uh, families are married to a lot of Tibetans because there's a, you know, huge refugee settlement in in Sikkim and other parts of the country. So I I obviously support his His holiness, the Dalai Lama and, and his cause. So that was very close to my heart and I thought that it was not right to carry Olympic torch which was... Uh, host, you know, Olympic was hosted by China that year because of the kind of atrocity that a lot of the monks and the Tibetan people were facing there. So it was something close to my heart and it is very personal. I don't expect other footballers to come and support me and other sports people to come and support me. So it's down to individual sports person to really take it. And every sports person would have different issues which relate to it. And if there's something on that, if they want to speak out, I think they should speak out. Uh, People will try and say politics and sports should not go on, but uh, that I think people will keep saying it. But uh, if you believe in something, I think you should come out and just show it and show the support.
2: Yeah, I think it's a bit of a myth that uh, a lot of people say, you know, sports and politics should not mix. Where if you see all of the administrations and the administrators, there's always politicians involved uh, then the at the backdrop of the india and pakistan semifinal in 2011 there were uh, india pakistan prime prime ministers and leaders speaking as part of their diplomatic process so i think it's a uh, it's it's a bit foolish for people to say oh no sports and politics should not mix or you know you just play sports and don't talk up i think it's a bit of a misnomer
0: so, I don't know. I mean, I've not heard. So, do you follow, uh, do you have a favorite club? What is the, who, which is the club that you rooted for uh, growing up? Who was your players, if you could, players that you looked up to? You mentioned Maradona, but then uh, who were your idols when you grew up? And uh, what was the football you used to watch uh, back in the day before you started playing? No,
1: I think uh, you keep changing, uh, you know, players because every. World Cup, European Cup, or the Premier League—the news starts coming out. Obviously, I started uh, following Arsenal because of Dennis Bergkamp, uh, that era of footballers in Arsenal, um, and that's how I became a fan of Arsenal. But I'm not a die-hard. A lot of player, you know fans are die-hard, and they don't eat if the team loses. I'm not that kind. You know, I, I, I do follow, and I like Arsenal. But it's not. I'm not a die-hard, die, hard, die hard kind of a situation who goes into depression if they don't win. So yes, uh, and that's how. Uh, and over the years, generations, I think players have changed. I started with Maradona, then came in a lot of players. I became a huge, huge Roberto Baggio fan when uh, you know Italy won it, uh, and also lost in the finals. So I became a fan of him. Then came Brazilian Ronaldo. I think I've never seen anyone better than him. One of my greatest, greatest idol. Uh, Then came in Romario. I think that generation Romario-Babeto combination was something which, you know, I followed and everybody followed. Before Romario and, uh, before Brajin and Ronaldo, it was Romario and uh, Babeto. So then Zidane came in again, you know, he was one great, great player. So that's how now I I like Messi right now. And uh, obviously Cristiano Ronaldo has been also a fantastic player, but it's great to watch Messi.
2: How was it uh, playing with uh, Zidane? I know you played with... He's one of my all-time favourite players, Zidane. I know you played Mm -hmm. with him in an exhibition match. I think you scored in that game too. How was it Mm -hmm. rubbing shoulders with uh, the great Zidane? There was Kaka. I'm sure there are other great international players also. How was it rubbing shoulders with them?
1: I think it's great for a footballer. You'd want to be every day in a dressing room with those kind of players. But for me, it was only for an exhibition match. And uh, when you're in the same dressing room, they're changing. You're there, sitting with them. Kak on the left, Zidane on the right, Tails. you know, you really feel that where are you (laughs) actually, this is where I want to be. But uh, the reality kicks in because that was just a friendly one-off thing and you go back. Uh, But, you know, all the footballers across the world would be wanting to share dressing room and being there, training with them every day. And that's the aim I think all footballers in India should have. But I think it was a great, great experience. It was just uh, one exhibition match. Uh, and so one match where I got to share the dressing room and go onto the field and play with them. So I think that's always going to be a great memory.
2: Yeah, I'll let Aniketa ask the next question. But just Zidane, I don't know how he was so skillful. He had no pace, if you think about it. But he had when he had the ball, he had. He almost felt like he had so much space. He had the whole vision in front of him. Those passes, those dribbling skills. Uh, I mean, my God.
0: So just to pull off uh, this thread of sharing a dressing room, so. Uh, could you talk to us about you uh, your time at uh, Burry FC because you were one of the first Indians to go uh, play abroad. You know how was the experience leaving home. I'm sure it's uh, a little unsettling initially. What were the challenges that you faced and that uh, players who want to go abroad now would typically face? So if you could uh, talk to us a little bit about that. But the
1: experience wasn't too exciting because obviously, you know. It it did not really fit into the style which I played and, and the team played. And it all started um, quite badly because I was doing quite well with West Bromwich Albin. I was supposed to sign a contract with them. Uh, and pre-season, after having a great successful trial, uh, they just sacked their manager in pre-season. So I couldn't sign with West Brom. And then I moved on to Berry and then signed with them. So, yeah, I think uh, everything because the, when you go lower division, I think the football in England becomes more tougher because more direct, more physical contact and which was, I don't think, was my kind of thing. And after after three months of being in Bury, playing there, settling down, the manager who signs me uh, left Berry and went on to Sheffield United, Neil Warnock, with his assistant manager. That became more difficult because... Uh, Managers play a very important role and you sign the club because of coach, because he trusts you 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 have a trust in you. He knows your style and he knows where to fit in and he signs players. But when you have that manager leaving, then things become very, very difficult because I anyway was late. I joined them in mid-season, which I was doing a catch-up. So things went quite difficult to start off with. But again, at the end of the year, my third year, which was supposed to be a good year. Had a great preseason. Played a wonderful match against Man- Manchester United. Started uh, the matches. All all the matches in the final year, and three third fourth match of the season. I had a g- big knee injury, which kept me out for six seven months, and uh, that's how my England uh, stint for three years got over that way. So, which is a bit unfortunate, uh, but sometimes it is life like that. You've got to take it.
2: But I think watching uh, you come across as somebody who's very satisfied with what you've done in your career I, i'm sure if 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 luck was on your side a little bit you know injuries and all of that you might have probably achieved even more in europe than uh, before but you come across as somebody who is more or less content with his playing career uh do you agree with that statement
1: i think i'm happy if i'm not happy also what else can i do so you need to accept things in life that is very very important uh, and uh, what is not happened is not happened. Obviously, you learn from that. But I'm very happy that I had a trial with Fulham. Uh, I had one. Ma- I played a match for them for a trials. I scored. I had a trials with Aston Villa. They gave, they told me to play a match. I scored in that as well. So at least on all the trials, I scored a game. Maybe I didn't get a contract, but I did score uh, goals in in those trial matches, and those were you know quite a good standard match uh, which we played. But apart from that, I think I'm very happy and. Uh, obviously one has to accept uh, the reality and uh, you know if 35 when I felt that I, I can't carry on and I knew that after Asia Cup I wanted to I I would retire uh, and then that's what I did after Asia Cup after two three months I retired so uh, I think you need to accept the reality and uh, you know and sometimes in life you know that enough is enough and you need to take a call uh, and that's where you need to decide you keep trying trying for a lot of things it does not happen Somewhere down the line, you should say, I've had it enough, this is it, and, uh, you know, go on and move on with different things. So, uh, that is something which, uh, personally, I think any individual should take it, and I do take that, uh, whenever I, when I felt that I had enough of football, and that is it, I wanted to move on with different things, I took the call. So, I'm happy, and... Uh,
2: no regrets <laughs> yeah in a way as you always say i think your contribution after you uh, retired has been even more than uh, when you played because a lot of people are benefiting from it just 10 years how do you look at uh, indian football team right now 10 years down the line how do you see them uh, how do you see their progress are, are you seeing improvements i know you spoke about infrastructure and so on but the indian national team as such how do you see it progressing in the next 10 years
1: no, I definitely see uh, quite a lot of improvement uh, in the national team, at least, uh, you know, the team is playing as a team uh, because our days it was more of a few individual players playing it and then the rest of them sometimes lagging it. Uh, the entire team wasn't there. So now at least you've got a set of teams playing as a team. Obviously, they have not been lucky in getting results. I think uh, it's important to start getting results. And they've gone quite close to getting results but i definitely see that there is a huge improvement mentality mentality wise uh, the approach wise the body language uh and the confidence uh, that that, that we, you can see in, in this in this bunch of players but it's important that uh, they need to also get that uh, killer killer instinct and that uh, instinct of not losing it winning it uh, that uh, you know you have that uh, Similar to what Rafael Nadal is, I think, you know, the aggression, you need to have that aggression to uh, just go there and just go to win. Obviously, you don't win all the time, but at least you need to have that uh, aggression to do that. And uh, I think that's where a lot of the players will have to build that in the current national team. Otherwise, I think uh, football definitely has improved quite a lot. They're playing quite good football. Just been unlucky and uh, they need to get that aggression and particular instinct in them to
0: finish and get three points so one thing that uh, you mentioned is uh, you know mentality or the mental aspect of uh, sport and it clearly uh, stands out even from your experience in england that you know as an athlete times can be really challenging and typically there are three things you can work on right one is your like you already mentioned the physicality your physique the other part is your skill set but the less uh, spoken of is the mental aspect of sport, uh, which you briefly touched upon. So uh, how, do you, how did you approach this as, uh, you know, in your career? Because uh, like you have said, you need a lot of mental fortitude to make these uh, moves that you've done. And was it something that came along as you grew? I'm sure experience has a part to play. But did you ever do anything intentionally to build that aspect of your life?
1: I think it is quite a difficult thing because uh, you know you know sometimes you're playing a better team, tougher team and then you tend to have little nervousness and that's where I think uh, the players should try and stay positive, try and think of your strength and uh, at the end when you're playing a stronger, better team and you know you're playing them, it's only thing you need to think is 90 minutes you go out there and give your best i think that effort of giving 100 percent giving everything what you have that mentality should come in when you're especially especially playing with a better side and a team that is getting a little nervous uh, you know before a day before the game uh, apart from that i think you need to always try and think the positive side of your things of your team combination working what are the strength and i think focus on that more uh, before the matches uh, rather than thinking how strong the other team is how weak we are uh, you know the negative side of it uh, at the end i think it's it's 90 90 minutes you start zero zero and on the field how much effort you put in what you're going to give uh, is things that will change the score line so try and give everything best uh, apart from that you can't uh, you know you can't control you sometimes end up losing so but at least when you come out of that 90 minutes you
2: should feel that you give everything uh, on the field. 100%. I think, Bajam, we can keep going and going and going. Uh, me and Aniket have so many questions left, but I know you are limited for time. So uh, just like to thank you so much for coming on. It's it's crazy to us that, uh, you know, both I am from Andhra. Aniket is from Hyderabad in Telangana. We've met in US just because of the love of sport. And for us to be talking with you today here is kind of crazy. So mm-hmm. we cannot thank you enough for coming on.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And I would like to thank you. Uh, I've never had this opportunity and it's once in a lifetime. So, thank you for everything you've done for the country and everything you are doing for sport. Because I think we have a long way to go and it, uh, it, it is trailblazers like you who are taking us in that direction. So, uh, thank you for that. We greatly appreciate it.
1: So still, so, still I'm trying to you know, encourage my next generation, my son to play football. So, he's just 12 now. He's picking up uh, and he's in my residential academy. In fact, we've just shifted him to my football club, United Sikkim Football Academy in Siluguri. yeah So, uh, hopefully, I'm sure you know he can go on to become a good footballer. He loves it. He's got that passion. But, uh, yeah, it, it all depends on his hard work. So, making sure that the next generation is also coming and contributing to the sport. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's fantastic and uh, before uh, we let you go do you have any recommendations that you would like to uh, give our listeners just to you know enrich their lives uh, anything that you have in mind
1: no i think um, you should not stop playing sports and if it's not you don't need to become a professional footballer but play a team sport that is going to teach you way of life it's going to make you stronger as a person it's going to teach you to be a team, it teaches you how to lose. It teaches you how to win. Uh, it makes you mentally strong. It makes you physically fit and healthy. Apart from that, uh, you'd be a great team person. So, any 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 child that plays a team sport is bound to learn a lot of things in life when he grows up. So, make sure you know you push your kids to play a team sport, which is basically if if you can push them to play football, it would be great. And you don't necessarily. Need them to become professional footballers, but uh, they'll live a healthy life and they'll learn a lot uh, through football for their uh, lives in future to come. I don't,
0: play, I don't play sports professionally, but I don't think truer words have been said. Because uh, like Gautam said, sports has given me a lot and I love and enjoy it. So, yeah, no, thank you for that recommendation.
2: Yeah, with that, we'll uh, we'll conclude this. Uh, thanks to Producer Lippi for producing this podcast. And Bhai Chung. again, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you. All the News Laundry podcasts are available
0: on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent